be seated. Our offering today is for the local church budget. After the fall of Israel, because of their apostasy, God gave the nation time to consider what they had done. Seventy years later, when their probation ended, the time arrived for Israel to return to rebuild the walls in the temple of Jerusalem. However, they didn't have the resources to go back and rebuild. Yet God had ways of opening the treasures of heaven to bless his church. Never underestimate our God. The Bible says, in the first year of Cyrus the king, the same Cyrus the king made a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be builded, the place where they offered sacrifices, and let the foundations thereof be strongly laid. Ezra 6.3 God touched the heart of the pagan king to allow Israel to return to Jerusalem. Not only that, but the king offered to finance the entire project for the restoring of the temple. Years later, God touched the heart of Darius, the king who followed Cyrus. He provided the lambs, bullocks, and rams needed for the sacrifices. He also provided wheat, salt, wine, and oil for the ceremonies connected to the worship services. Some might argue, how could the nation of Israel accept such a gift from a pagan king? Let us remember it was God himself who touched the heart of the king to support the cause of spreading the gospel. Today, may our hearts also be open to support the gospel ministry that each church has for its community. Our offering box can be found next to the sound booth in the back on your way out today. Our scripture reading is Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. If you please bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the congregation that has gathered here before us today. It is wonderful to see new faces, uh, new and old, uh, coming into these, these walls, Lord. It is a, a pleasure to worship with, with each uh, member here today. And Lord, as we, we hear your word today, I pray that our ears are open to hear that message and that it, it, it weighs on our heart, Lord, that the Holy Spirit is with us and in us and that we may go out and, and we may spread your, your gospel. Thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen.
there can good. If you could get your cell phone and, and, and share the message that we are giving today on the YouTube platform or Facebook, it would be awesome. While well, you get the opportunity to listen to God's word this morning, as you share it with someone else online, there might be thousand people hearing it outside of, of these walls too. And that's the benefit and that's the, the, the technology that we have in today's time, and we should use it for it. So if there was a time to be allowed to use social media at church, this would be the best time to use it. So we can share with others what we're listening this morning in God's house. Second of all, I want us to pray together that God will speak to us directly. The message that we have for today is very linked to the Sabbath school lesson. And, and basically, we are working with families today. And we are addressing some issues and, and some needs that will definitely touch some of those fibers close to our heart. And as Robert mentioned this morning, it's a touchy subject when we talk about family. Why? Because we all have our own background and we all have our own families. And we all have a way that we like to raise our kids. And we all have a different perspective of how life goes and what we should do. But the Bible is very clear when it comes to this. And, and the title of today's message is called, Lead Them to God. What's it called? Lead Them to God. This is our prayer, this is our need, and this is why we want to address this specific need in today's time. But I am so happy as well because I see many children in our church today. Look around, look in the back. We have families and we have children and we have youth. Welcome to our church. We are happy that you're here. We love to see you and we hope that you enjoy it. So before I open the message today for our adults, I want the children to come up to the front and I want to share with you a quick story. So all the children that we have and all those who still feel like children, come up to the front and, and be part of this special story that we want to share with you. It's a very brief one. My kids might know it, but I like to tell it from time to time because it really reminds me who's watching over me. So come up to the front, kids. Come up over here. We want to share a special story with you. And today, it's a very, very special Sabbath. All Sabbaths are, are, are quite special. But today, we're having a big celebration as a church. We are having a baby dedication. So I encourage you to stay till the very end of our service because that's the, the most important part. Just as we celebrate baptisms, we also celebrate baby dedications because this is the symbol that we understand God is the creator, God is the owner, we are just the stewards and we want to present our children to him. If you still haven't presented your kids to the Lord, please contact myself or one of the elders and we can book you for the next baby dedication during the next quarter. But we want to have at least once a quarter baby dedications. We don't want to put any pressure on anybody, but it's good to have babies and it's good to have them at church. So we really, really love that. So kids, there was a story and there was a guy who was basically walking on the street with his dad. And as they were walking together, they saw a farm right next to the road. There was a big fence, and, and, and the children, the, the, the boy was walking next to his dad. And as they were walking, and they were looking around, they saw that not many cars were passing by. It was a huge highway, 
on the, on the road. And, and as they were walking, they see the fence there, wide fence, tall fence. But they could see through the gaps of the fence. And they saw that inside of that fence, there were some chickens. Who likes chickens? Don't answer. <laughs> so as they, as they saw what, what was on the other side of the fence, did that told his son, son, we're going to get one of those chickens. And we're going to take it home. It was a chicken this time. She knows it, I tell you. <laughs> so as, we were, as they were looking on the other side of the fence, the dad told to his son, we're going to get those chickens, so you better get ready. The son tried to climb the fence, but he was too short that he couldn't climb the fence. So he said, the daddy said, okay, I'm going to climb the fence, and you got to be ready. So before I start climbing, there's something you need to do for me. You're going to look to this side of the road, to the right side of the road, and you're going to look to what? To the left side of the road. And you're going to check to see if no one is coming. And if no one is coming, then I'll climb on the other side of the fence. But you have to be very aware that no one catches us. Because what we're doing is not right. right. You know better, right? You know that it's still in is not good. So this is what they were planning to do. And now, as he looked to the left, and as he looked to the, to the left, and as he looked to the right, no one was coming. He was ready to take on, and he started climbing. And he asked the boy, do you see anybody? And he tried to see, you know, he tried to see because the, the sun was also hitting his eyes. And he tried to just look and see if somebody was coming, but no one was coming. So he was just right on and he said, okay, I'll go over. And he started climbing on that wall. And he went on the first step. And you know, when you try to climb a wall and it's kind of scary because it's moving. And, and then he went on to the next step, and he's trying to get to the other side, looking to the different chickens, which one is he going to get? And somehow, the little boy says, Daddy! Ooh, the dad got so scared that he jumped off the fence. He said, what happened? You scared me. What, is somebody coming? And, and he said, well, when I looked over to the right, no one was coming. And when I looked to the left, no one was coming. But... When I looked up high, Jesus is looking. And the daddy was reminded that God is always watching over us. Whether we're doing something good or whether we're doing something bad, God is always watching us. The daddy was able to remember a huge lesson that I want you to never forget. Number one, stealing is wrong. And number two, even when they tell you, well, nobody's looking, you can do it right now. Nobody's watching. Be aware that God is always looking down to us. And he's there to take care of us. But he's also there to remind us there are certain things that we shouldn't do. So I hope you enjoy the story. I hope you don't get scared. Just remind yourself every time you try to do something that you shouldn't be doing, don't look around. Where are you supposed to look? Up. <laughs> yes, exactly. You've got to look up. And God will tell you and will help you, will guide you to the right answer. Thank you for being so kind, for being so quiet. We're going to have a special service today. 
And I want you also to be really calm at your seat as well, okay? And if you get to hear the adults making so much noise, you tell them, hey, pay attention. The service is for you too, all right? Well, thank you. Have a wonderful Sabbath. Let's go back to your parents. Lead them to God. This is the title for today's sermon. And as I said before, it's a touchy subject. I believe this type of subject is easier to talk about it when you're not in it. When you're looking from afar. When you are already, either they're already grown or they're not there yet. Such an easy subject to cover but once you have him close to you, it's a whole other story when it comes to raising children. So in order for us to open the word of God and to dive into this subject, I want us to pray together. That God will help us to understand his word and he will guide us through this specific subject. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for being with us today. Thank you for the flock that you have given us. Thank you for the little ones. What a blessing is to have them among us. What a joy is to see their hearts rejoicing when they hear about Jesus and his second coming. And the way Jesus made miracles for people and the way Jesus covered everyone with his huge arms. being able to save everyone who needs it. We pray that our faith grows just like theirs. That we may get to see you one day. But as we come together, Lord, we ask you as families, as representatives of our homes, that you will guide us through, that you will help us with the help of your Holy Spirit to change what needs to be changed, to mature the way we need to mature, and to understand your guidelines, your advice, so we may have eternal life, not only ourselves, but our families with us. We know that you're in the business of saving families together. So we want to lead them to you. May you come to this service, Lord, and may you be our master, our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Train up the child. We know this verse by heart. But what does it mean? What exactly was Solomon thinking when he said, train up the child? I want you to come with me to Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I will start by saying, many of us, are too worried about the souls that are being lost in today's time. Many of us have the burden to see people walking on the street, not knowing about Jesus. And when we see that picture, we get disheartened. We go home and we pray and say, Lord, I wish I could reach those folks that are lost. 
And that's such a beautiful thought of yours. And that's such a beautiful way of thinking. But let me tell you, there is no better or there is no major responsibility we have as parents than our children. As much as we can think about the lost ones that are out there in the world, you have a church, you have a flock surrounding you. That they need to see Jesus in a constant way that they may also understand who the Savior is. And I love the fact that sometimes I'm finding myself preaching out there. But how many times have I forgotten about the ones that are next to me that they also need to see a Savior? I mean, oftentimes we get so encouraged to go out. But today, the message is not to go out. The message is to work within. The message is to look around yourself. To see who's following your footprints. To see who's coming behind you. Who's looking at your testimony. And boy, this is not easy. I was visiting someone last week. And uh, he might be looking at us today. Bob, welcome Bob. If you're online today, we want to tell you that we love you as a church and we definitely pray for you every day. Bob Burrell, he is one of our members from our online community. Some of you might know him, some of you might not know him, but if you go online on Wednesday nights to prayer night meeting or you go online to Sabbath school on Zoom on a regular Sabbath morning, if one day you're out of town and you're traveling and you would like to connect to the church, we still have our Zoom Sabbath school every Sabbath. And it will continue on because we now have a congregation that stays online. And, and they are looking at us right now. They are online watching at this service. And Bob is part of that congregation. Bob is basically in Edmonton. He's in a nursing home in Edmonton. And I met Bob over a year ago. Through Debbie, Debbie Barrow. She is another church member who invited Bob to, to church, to the online church community. And as I went to, I, I, I talked to Bob and I established a friendship with him. I said to the group that we meet on Wednesdays and Sabbath mornings, I said, it would be nice to go see Bob. It would be interesting to pay him a visit. So after we planned that for over a month, last Sabbath, I was in Edmonton spending Sabbath time with Bob. We told Bob to go online, to go on Zoom. And we said, Bob, we want to meet you with the church around 4 o'clock. The church wants to see you. So go online, go into the Zoom meeting, and we will meet you there. And as Bob is logging into their Zoom meeting, I'm outside his door at the, nurse, at the care home where he's at. Also logging into Zoom. And when Bob gets online, I knock on the door and I said, Bob, I'm here right next to your bed. Can you believe what he said? Bob was thrilled. He was happy. He was crying. He said, Pastor, you came all the way from Williams Lake to see me here. I said, yes. And not only me, the whole church is with you. God is with you. The angels are here with you. An, an amazing situation that we just had this past Sabbath. So I want you to continue to pray for Bob. Bob is getting to know Jesus every day. And he's doing Bible studies as well. And we are praying for him and for his family, his wife and two daughters. And Bob is currently watching. He's usually online every Sabbath, every Wednesday. He's one of our constant members there. And the time that he can is because it's either doing some, uh, um, he's, he's getting uh, attention by his care aide and, and he's getting moved or, 
or place in a, some, in a, in a different place. But let's continue to pray for Bob. And, and why do I bring this up? The reason why I want to talk to you about this is because there is always someone looking up to us. There is always someone looking at what we are doing. The Bible talks about the very specific advice. Train up a child. The way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. We learn from Jesus that we have a great commission. And the great commission said, therefore, go and preach and reach out unto the world and teach them. But when Jesus mentioned to go out in his mind, the very first place he was thinking about was our families, our home, our children. And as I said, this is not an easy subject. Because who can say, I have what it takes to be a parent? I have what it takes to be a dad or a mom. I am the right model. When it comes to modeling to our kids, it's such a task. Somehow they get to see those errors that you don't want to see in yourself. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed how they point those specific things that you don't want to be known by? But they bring them out so easily, so clearly. Mom, why do you look like this? And we're like, oh, well, I didn't know I looked like that. But they're quite honest with their comments. That, why do you talk like this, but then you say this something else? Have you noticed that? I, I, I understand what you're telling me, but then I notice something that you're doing completely the opposite. Right before Moses was to give the land to the Israelites, God gave him a very specific advice for him and the children of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 6 talks about this concept, verse 6 to 9. And it says, And those words which I command you today shall be in your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. Doesn't say to your congregation. It does not say to your neighbor. Or to your cousin or aunt or uncle. To your children. But before you teach them. They have to be where? In your own heart. They have to be part of your DNA. They have to be part of your own philosophy. And I struggle with this because from time to time, I get parents to, that come to me and say, Pastor, can you pray for our children? I say, how old, is, how old is your children? Well, they're 30 years old, 40 years old. Yes, I can definitely pray for them. And I will do that. But where were your children when they were four, three, two years old? How did you train them up? What was it that you put in their hearts when they were children, when they were little, when they were just getting to know about Jesus? Was that part of the concept that they were trained up? Was that part of the, 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 the philosophy they received? Was the message placed in their hearts? Oftentimes we believe that bringing them to church is probably a waste of time. Why would I bring my, my kids to church? They can easily learn that somewhere else. 
or just by us being home is enough. Big mistake. The message that God gave to Moses, so he may give it to the Israelites, was, These words shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently, not once in a while, not occasionally, not once a quarter. When you remember to read the lesson, constantly they shall be in their hearts. Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, let me tell you, there is an enemy who is looking after your children. We have an enemy who's wanting to destroy the most precious heritage we have ever received, which is our children. Inheritance of the Lord are the children. And there is one who's willing to destroy them and to tear them apart. And the only safe place for them to be, it's at Jesus' feet. Matthew chapter 19, Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's teaching to the multitudes and he's, he's going about his day and somehow some of the leaders, the folks that knew, were pushing the children away. Jesus said to them, Matthew chapter 19, four, verse 14, but Jesus said, let the children come to me. Let the children come to me. This is a command. It's not an advice. It's not a, uh, a suggestion. This is a command from Jesus saying, you must let your children come to me. We have different type of parents. And every parent, and there's so many studies being done and, and, and so many uh, talks we have heard about parenthood and, and, and the different ways everybody raised their children. But I want to talk about at least three, three different kinds. And, and I want you to see if you might fit in one of the criterias that I'm sharing with you this morning. And if you do, please ask the Holy Spirit to, to, to allow you to get humble and, and, and to internalize the message so we might change if, it, if, if there is something that needs to be changed. And, and, and it's important, not because of the pastor, not because of the elder or the church itself, your own family. It's for your own sake. It's for your own nucleus at home. And we have parents that are called, and, and I'm trying to, to make this, to, to understand this in English, but we have parents that are called lifeguards. The type of parent who's a lifeguard, basically. And, and what, a kind, what kind of parent is this? Well, none of us like to see our children suffer. So this type of parent is the one that will keep his children from suffering no matter what or the cause or the situation. This type of parent is the one that when the children, when the boy or girl goes into trouble, he's the one that takes the blame because he's the lifeguard. How am I going to allow my children to suffer like that? I have to fix it. 
And they go after them, trying to fix every single situation they run into. They can't hit themselves this way, and they can't walk this way, and cannot go outside if they get wet, they get sick. And if they go out to the mud, they cannot get dirty because I have to protect them. Lifeguard parents who are trying to solve every single need their children go to. I remember when my boy came to me one day and said, Daddy, is this hot? <laughs> and it was the iron. And I said, it is hot. And if you touch it, you're going to burn yourself. And Nadia was probably close by. Uh, no, she was. She was pretty close. And, and, and he kept on saying, is this hot? I said, it's hot. In fact, touch it. You'll see it's hot. She said, why would you tell our kid to touch it? Just he will learn. And he touched it. And he never touched it again. Because somehow humans learn through experience. And, and unless you have travel in, in certain conditions, of course, it is easier or better for us to contain the outcome. And when they are little, we are able to contain the outcome to a point where it's not so negative. But it gives them the, the knowledge. It gives them the lesson. While you try to do that when they're 20 or 30, how are you going to control the outcome? There is no way. The consequences are tremendous. Now they're not only affecting themselves, but they're also affecting others. And usually third ones come along the way who are affected by their wrong doings, their wrong decisions. Because we try to protect them so much that we just couldn't help them to understand that in life, everything that a human does will have a consequence afterwards. Everything that you do will come with a consequence, whether it's good or bad, will be depending on the decision you made. Lifeguard parents, have you seen them before? You might know one or two around. And let's not point any fingers here. But we all love our children too much. And we don't want them to suffer unnecessarily. And I think... That's why God gave it to us also, for us to learn, to depend on him in many ways. Because there are times when you just want to help and you can't do anything but pray. And maybe you are in that stage right now with your children where you wish you would give your right arm to not see them suffer the way they are. But you can't do nothing about it but pray for them. And even until that moment, God is still in control, leading your children to himself. The second type of parents that we have are the ones that are like the waves of the ocean. You've seen the waves of the ocean. They go from here to there according to how the wind blows. And these type of parents are the ones that basically let the children do whatever they want to do. And at a certain age, the kid is already saying, well, I don't want this, and I don't want that, and I want to do this, and I want to do that. And since there is no connection, there is no discipline, there are no guidelines, there are no rules, they just go from left to right as to how they wish. And I know we live in a society that tells us that we are not to succumb their, their, their own uh, will and, and their power and, and, and their own self 
but we are to train them in a way that they'll learn to take the right decisions. But many of us are scared to tell our children, no, that's not something you cannot do. We are afraid. In fact, I was, I was reading this past week, I was understanding this past week, especially the generation that is sitting here with children right now in their hands. We are the generation, listen to this, that we were afraid of our parents because how they raised us, how they treat us, and we are also now afraid of our children. Can you believe that? Because we are trying to be so alike, we're trying to be so cool with them, we're trying to be so happy with them, we're trying to be so good, such a good friends with them, that if we do something that they don't like, the ones that need to change is us, because we are the wrong ones. So we try to accommodate in order for the children not to get disappointed by their parents. Some of you, when you were playing, going back 30, 40, 50 years ago, you would talk to your friends about your parents and you would tell your friends, my dad is the worst man. He treats me like this and that. And he says this and he wouldn't let me go out and he wouldn't, go, he wouldn't let me go to play. And, he... and when you would tell your dad something like that, he would say, I don't care what you think of me. I am your dad and this is how things are done. True or not? That's how it was. Parents today, they try to be so good with the children, so they try to listen to their conversation. And when the, the son says, well, my dad is the coolest guy. I mean, he's the coolest. He does all this for me, all that for me. You sort of feel like, man, I'm doing good. My kid likes me. He likes everything I do. Well, basically, he likes it because you're letting him do whatever he wants to do. Therefore, we are the generation that we were afraid of our parents, and now we are afraid of our children. Let's not talk about grandchildren, because they own the world, basically. <laughs> and parents that go by the waves, according to how the wind blows. Now, Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. But how am I going to lead my children to God when they are the ones who are setting the pace of what we are to do at home? In fact, when we try to talk about God, the first thing they say is, no, let me have the iPad, let me have the cell phone, and I'll, I'll talk to my God about what I want, which is TV and everything that is shown there. Then we wonder, why are my kids not fun of praying and, and, and connecting to God and obvious reasons. It is hard to keep a home organized, ordained, when the children are the one who are leading it. The Bible was clear when it said, these words, you should teach them, teach them diligently. Not pay for the school to do this. Not have the babysitter doing the work. Yourself. When Jesus took the disciples to him. And we talk about this two, two Sabbaths ago. Three Sabbaths ago. 
The Bible says that he called unto himself twelve, that they might be with him, that he might send them out to preach. The first thing that Jesus did with the twelve disciples was to brought them to himself, meaning that he spent time with them. He knew them by heart. He knew what they liked and what they disliked. They were able to see even the way he walked because that was the job of the disciple. In fact, discipline and disciple come from the same root word, come from the same place, which is training, teaching them, leading them. The disciples were able to see Jesus constantly so they could learn how to do it. And I was just getting to know this week the message from Ellen G. White saying, our biggest job The responsibility that we have as parents is to train our children so that they may receive the abundance blessing of the Holy Spirit. And I said, wow. I learned about the Holy Spirit when I was back in 2013, I tell you that. I was already finished my career in theology and I didn't know much about the Holy Spirit until afterwards. Because it's not something that you learn through the books or through the school. It's through the experience, through the prayer, through the connection with God. Many of us till this day still have no clue about how the Holy Spirit works within the family. But then she says, your biggest responsibility is to to raise your kids so they may also experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Because imagine what children would do if they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit in today's time. What they could do right now. They're not the future of the church. They are the present of the church. But in order for them to receive the blessing. I myself. Need to be getting it constantly. It's not about pointing fingers. Oh the youth are doing such wrong things. And and, and look at the children. Look at the. No. Look at us, what we are doing and teaching them and training them and mentoring them so they may get a clearer experience of who Jesus is. The third type of parent. And these parents are like the railway where the train sits. Both of them are basically looking to the same goal both of them are trying to teach their children the right way both of them are working so that children might reach from point a to point b the biggest issue there is that they're not communicating with each other each one of them has his own plan Parents where where she's saying this and it sounds good he's saying this and it sounds good but they are not together Working on behalf of their family. When was the last time you sat down with your wife. And you spent a couple of hours talking about. How are we going to talk to our children from now on. What is the way for us to train them. Oftentimes we find ourselves fighting with each other. Oh well he said this. Well now let me tell you. I'm going to tell you this. And we might not even say specific words. But our actions tend to diminish the authority of one or the other. We fight against each other. And instead of working together towards the same goal. If we could call this a social problem. 
Is this a social need that we have in today's time? Are children part of the crisis that we're living in today's time? They are. Look at the statistics. Younger and younger, they're getting addicted to different drugs. As I said before, there's an enemy looking to destroy the most valuable assets that you have, which is at home, your children. So what kind of parents could we try to be? I want to talk to you about parents that make disciples. What did I say? Parents that make disciples. A parent who makes disciples understands that his children are not his. And that they are at home only temporary. Only a certain amount of years. Time period. And one day they will go. And when they go... He wants to make sure that they have the knowledge, the tools, whatever is required for them to succeed. But not only to succeed in this world, but to succeed eternally. To know God by themselves. A parent that makes disciples. It's a parent that is involved in their growth. But not only physically or emotionally, but it's also spiritually connected to them. Praise with the children. He spends time with them. If you could think of your childhood, those who are parents right now, think about one good memory you have from your parents. What is that good memory you have from your parents? Think about it. Bring it back. Some of you will say, well, the time we used to spend together on, 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 by the fire or when we went to church or potluck or or the time that my dad spent playing baseball with me. Your children will remember those actions that you do in today's time. And I tell you, there is no work, employee, or amount of money that will replace or cover the lost time that you haven't had with your children. In today's time, we need to have priorities. And the biggest priority that we should have is to lead them to God. That's all we can try for. Yes, you can talk about leaving an inheritance. You can talk about leaving a house or, or, or assets in the bank or, or, or on the different places where you can leave money or properties. But none of that will matter if they don't know Jesus as their Savior. I want you to think about your children today. Because at any age that they might be, we still have the same passion and we still have the same requirement to lead them to God. They might be 40, 50, 60 years old right now, but they still need to be led to God. The Bible talks about the blessing that children become. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb. It's a reward. What a blessing is to have kids at home. To have children at church. And I'm going to be now very honest with you. I'm going to open my heart to you. But I am tired of seeing our children getting lost. I'm tired of seeing our children leaving the church. 
Maybe it's my own experience that doesn't allow them to see Jesus. That's why they need to go somewhere else to find him. Maybe it's your experience. But we as a community cannot keep on losing children. They are the heritage that the Lord gave us. This is the blessing. You cannot lose the blessing. You can talk about anything else in this world, but nothing can compare to your children. That's the blessing God gave you. Fight for that blessing. And how do we fight as Christians? Through prayer. We need to pray for our children. We need to lift them up to God constantly. We need to teach them when they are little. When they are telling you, Daddy, can you read to me? Daddy, can you tell me this story? Daddy, can you share with me that story once again? Because they love to listen to stories. And they love to listen to those that you already know. Like they love to be repeated the same story over and over. I know Sophia, her favorite story is Daniel. And she loves Daniel in the den of lions. She loves that story. And she can read that story every single night. And it is my duty today to repeat that story to her once and over and over and over again. Because the day will come when she will say, Daddy, I don't want to hear the story anymore. The day will come when she will say, Daddy, I have no time for you. I'm pretty busy with school and work and, and life. And, and Daddy, now is not the time. And I pray that when that day comes, she has enough in her storage of knowledge. That she will not forget who Daniel was, who saved Daniel, how Daniel was able to keep his faith in the middle of a country where he was completely alone. But this is something that we are out to do now. We can't wait for tomorrow. Oh, when they grow up, they'll change. Oh, when they grow up, they'll understand. No. Don't wait till tomorrow what you can do today. Today is the day that God has given us. But what about my children, Pastor, that they're already gone and they're already married? Well, keep praying for them. Keep telling them how much you love them. How much your home is open for them. How much that Jesus that you showed them when they were little, it is still making miracles in your life now that you're grown. Now that you're an adult. Now that you're old. The same Jesus they learn about when they were just kids. It's the same Jesus that is still making a difference in your life in today's time. They get to see it. How can daddy be talking about the same Jesus 40 years later? Well, it's because there's nothing to change about Jesus. Jesus is everything to me. And when they get to see that, they get to also experience something in their heart that says, I need to go back to the same knowledge my dad, mom gave me when I was a little kid. Some of you are the result of that. Some of us are here right now because we had parents that although we left the church years, they kept on praying. Constantly kept on praying. Fervently. They kept on asking. One day God will bring them back. And you and I are here because of those prayers. Faithful prayers. A faithful prayer of a mother can open the heavens. Jesus said to the mothers, bring them to me. Let them come unto me. Do not stop them. But it's not only for little kids. It's for all of us. At any age, we still need to come to the Lord. 
And I tell you, when we learn to lead our children to God, there's no better reward in this earth than to see our children behaving, acting according to the Lord, according to what God is leading them to do. This morning, we have a very special couple that they have said we want to present our children to God. We want to bring our little one to God. And I said to the elders when we thought about Agos 7, I said, I want us to, to understand that when a baby dedication happens, it's not just part of the worship service between Sabbath school and worship service. We'll get five minutes and that's it and let's go. No. A baby dedication is the first step for that baby to understand where he comes from and where he's going to go. Who's the creator? How he end up here? And where is he going? The purpose of his life. A baby dedication is, just, is not just another part of the service. Jesus was dedicated. John the Baptist was dedicated. Samuel. Remember little Samuel coming to the temple to serve. We have no clue what God is going to do with this special baby. But we pray that God, God's purpose will be done in her life. I want to invite Luis and Luana to come this morning because they want to present their little one to God. But I also want to open this presentation if there is anyone that hasn't presented their kids yet to God to please make the arrangements necessary. Talk to myself or talk to one of the elders. We want to present your children to God. But, but pastor, they're, they're 20 years old. It's okay. They still can be presented to God. Come up here, guys. Today we have a very special baby dedication. Lucas is with us. He was presented in Brazil years ago when he was born. But now a new member was added to the family. And this is Luisa. Luisa is such a beautiful baby. And we love her. And we love our, all of our babies here at church. So if you're planning to have babies, bring them here. Because this is the place where we love them. This is the good place where you can bring your children, your grandchildren, your nephews and, and, and nieces. This is Luisa Helena Mafrini da Silva. Our newest member. At least our new, new member of our church today. And she's sleeping, but the family is also watching from Brazil. Her grandma and grand, uh, grandpa and, and all the cousins and, and aunts and, and all the family is online today watching from Brazil. And, and I know Luis and Luana are so happy, so thrilled to bring her little one to God. And before I say some words, I want to ask Nadia. Is Nadia here? Okay, she's coming. Nadia is getting ready. We have a very special uh, ceremony for, for Luisa. And we will do that right after Nadia has this special song.
is a special prayer that I'm sure it's in every parent's heart, and we want to share it with you, and I hope that you can carry it also in your life and in every parent as well. responsibility that we have before the Lord when he said 
let the children come unto me. He was telling us parents to take the time every day to pray for them, to show them his character. Are you willing to try? With God's help, he will sustain you through it. He said the children are his as well. So it is my privilege to present and to dedicate today Luisa Helena to our church and to the universe, asking God to lead her in his path. We will have a prayer, and right after the prayer, we will do this footprint. Luis and Luana said that part of their family tradition is to get a Bible for each one of their children. And they have a footprint of their children here in their Bible. So when she gets to learn to read, she will see that this is the very first Bible she was uh, given. And we will do that right afterwards. But before I prayed for Luisa and before I prayed for the family, the Silva family, I want you to also think about your children and dedicate them to God. If you have your children close to you, please grab their hand, hug them. I want you to close, to be close to your children right now. Let's get close to our family. And with this prayer, I want us to pray for them as well. Rededicate them to God. It doesn't matter if they're 40 or 50 years old. They're still your babies. They will always be your babies. And what a privilege we have today to pray once again that God will lead them. But if they are afar, apart from you and they're away from you right now, prayer does not know limits nor space. God can still hold them close to his, to his heart with the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's have a special prayer for the families that are represented here today. Dear Heavenly Father, what a blessing is to have in my arms Luisa. You knew her before she was even born. And you have already set a path for her life. And today, Lord, we pray that you will continue to guide her in your steps. And I pray for Luis and Luana, Lord, that you will give them the strength, the patience, the love, the faith to know that these children belong to God. And one day, they will also inherit heaven. Because this is the promise you've made for families. We pray that you will continue to sustain her in her years to come. That with your power, she will be a great testimony to others about your love. And she will have a great sense of mission to know that she is a missionary in this world. To share Christ's character to others. What a blessing, Lord, is to have our children at church. We pray for those who are near to us right now. As we hug them, as we touch them. And we also pray for those who are not here. But they are close to our heart. 
And we know that they're close to yours as well. May your Holy Spirit continue to guide them. And continue to reach unto their hearts. That they might be transformed through your power. Lord, we want you to save our families. Save our youth, our children. We pray for them knowing that you are almighty powerful. And you can do the miracles that we cannot do. You can do what it seems impossible for us. Thank you, Lord, for family. We want to lead them to you. But before we lead them to you, we want to get to know you. So we may show them your character as well. Work in our hearts, Lord. Do the mighty work that you promised to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's do the people. Now in the task of raising Amen. In the task of raising Luisa, her parents are not alone. We have the church. And now I want to ask the church how many of us are committed to pray for our children and to pray for Luisa specifically. Thank you. And we have the school as well. And these three entities work with one goal, which is to see our children in heaven. Let's continue to support our young families in church, that they may also feel the, need, the, the support from us as, as, as adults. You might not have children anymore, but you can pray for them. You might not have children anymore, but you can take care of them. Sometimes parents only need a couple of minutes to take a breath and they can keep on going. And this is where we all can come and support. What a blessing is to be part of this community where we look for each other. We look after each other. And this is what we are called to do as a Christian community, as God's family. And when you see something done wrong, and this is my last, last advice. When you see something happen that you might not like it and you might feel that you wouldn't do it that, that way or, or maybe they're wrong because they did this or they did that, please do not judge them, but show support. Because parents are only learning through their process. 
No one learns through the eyes of others, especially when it comes to children. So pray for them at any age that they might be. We have enough of judges with Satan and accusing us every day. So we need more love and support. Amen. So pray for those parents that are struggling with their children. Pray for those families that are now being faced with the challenges of stages and age differences. So let's have a big applause for our family here, Luisa and the family. Thank you. And let's close our, our worship service this morning with the hymn 
us pray. Heavenly Father, this is our prayer. This is our request. This is our need. We pray that you will lead our children to you. May you lead our families, Lord. Thank you for the family you've given us. It's not perfect. It struggles every day. It has its ups and downs. But it is through that family that you're shaping our character. You're giving us patience. You're giving us love, understanding. And a better picture of how you love us. When we share our love to our loved ones, to our children. Lord, we pray that you will continue to guide them to you. And if they get distracted by this world. That they may find the road back home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.